What a woman. They want the royal four. And Max just like, num, 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 num. Thank you for all the compliments. Hello and welcome to Pass the Hot Sauce, a Roswell podcast. I'm Aliza Ora. I'm Lisa Abigail. And I'm Lorena Rose. We're here to talk about every episode of the 1999 WB series Roswell, one episode at a time and spoiler free. Today, we will be discussing season two, episode nine, Max in the City. According to the IMDb description, which I think is quite flawed, (laughs) this is the one where Max accompanies the duplicates to New York City, where they reveal grave character defects. Wrath is inexplicably able to persuade Max that millions will die if he refuses to cave to Kavar and reveal the location of the granolith. Max comes under fire. This is why you do not let users write your descriptions, IMDb. (laughs) Also, isn't it Lonnie that convinces Max that? But also, they don't convince Max in the end. No, they don't. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway... Uh, this episode was written by Ronald D. Moore, who we've talked about before. He's also a co-executive producer on the show. This is the mm-hmm. second of ten episodes that he wrote. Uh, it was directed by Patrick R. Norris, who we have also talked about before. It's the fifth of 13 episodes he directed. And this episode originally aired on the 27th of November 2000. Which is why when we have our extremely cheesy zoom in from the like global level down to Manhattan, we still have the Twin Towers there before we go over to the Empire State Building to meet mm-hmm. up with Tesla. Yeah. Yep. That definitely dates this. Yes. Mm-hmm. Also, speaking of dating, but in a different way, I guess. Mm. Does anyone else think that the name Max in the City is some reference to Sex and the City. Yes. Probably. Right? Yeah. But yeah. everyone thinks it's Sex in the City, but really it's Sex and the City, and I just wanted to put that out there. That's true. That's another show that I've never watched. Oh, it's good, but it's so bad. I never really thought about the fact that it is Sex and the City and. as opposed to In the City. Yeah. Another thing that dates this show is the elevators in the Empire State Building. They're probably not the real Empire State Building elevators. I'm sure they're a set, but the Empire State Building elevators have been remodeled since the year 2000. Yes, I'm sure. So in the elevator, Max is starting to have second thoughts about going there. He's wondering if it's a mistake, and he's thinking he's not good enough. And at first I was like, oh, imposter syndrome. And then I was like, wait, no, actually... He is incompetent. So this is an imposter syndrome. This is an accurate (laughs) assessment of his own abilities. But they go up to the top of the Empire State Building, where he's the king of the world. Uh Just not of this world. This one. Yes. Yeah. Tess is like, this is where you belong with the world at your feet. Okay. Yeah. Tess is like, even more into him in this one than she has been before. She's just like, she has him on her own. Right. It's also like they're away from everybody else. Yeah. Uh, and then we cut to the city street where we see our dupes and they're amusing New York accents. Yep. <laughs> they're meeting up with Nicholas. Oh, no. Uh, oh, I hate that little shitty little fucker. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Is it just because he's so mean about New York, Lorena? You're home. He hates <laughs> New York. 
No, he's just so, like, he's just so creepy, and I know that's the point. He's creepy. It's creepy when he flirts with women who are older than him, and oh, I know yeah. he's a grown-up person in, like, a teenager's body, but it just... Why choose this teenager, then? Why? It's just so creepy. We had, like, an extensive previously on, and Nicholas wasn't in it. Right. Which I thought was a weird <laughs> choice, because at first I was like, wait, like, oh, oh it's kid? that kid. Oh, And wait, I was like, what? wait, didn't he die? Yeah. Also, I love how much he hates New York. I think it's hilarious. I also hate to say that he's not wrong with everything that he says. Ooh, <laughs> Sorry. And I love New York. I'm like, I am a New York Jew. I've never lived there, but that's the the that's the type of Jew that I am. Like, you know, all of my extended Jewish family lives in New York. My mom grew up there. And um, yeah, New York is great, but it smells like pee and has lots of rats. He's not wrong. Yes. That is, those are both accurate assessments. Yep. <laughs> but it also has everything. It is a, a magical place. Yes. It has every kind of food you could want. Mm-hmm. When it's not a pandemic, it has all the theater. I mean, yeah. I, there's theater other places, but it has so much theater. Oh, I miss theater. Uh, well, okay. So Nicholas clearly thinks very little of New York City, and the dupes think very little of Max. They are just like, as soon as he's away from them, they're like, that guy. Am I right? <laughs> They're referring to uh, to the other, the Roswell said is the, the royal, or no, Nicholas refers to our dupes as the royal rejects, and they're like, hey, we're the good guys. Hey, the other ones, they're no good. Hey. <laughs> Uh, but Nicholas makes a, a good point, which is like, well, why would the protectors have carefully hidden away our Roswell set, and then even With if this the group was just their Right, with the grail, even if this group was just your backup plan, like, why would you just unceremoniously dump them in a sewer? Who is this protector? Where are they now? We don't find out now. Instead, Lonnie invites Max and Tess to come see their crib. Yeah. Also, did you see Tess's face when Wrath, like, stole a couple bags of chips? She was, like, (laughs) scandalized by it. (gasps) Yeah, he's, like, pretty blatant about it. Yeah. Yeah. He's not shy. And and, some woman's baguette. Which yes. she doesn't really react to all that much. She just kind of like looks. She doesn't, yeah, she doesn't scream, but she does have a yeah. like, I mean, like, but I might hell do the same, of... especially if it was just like a baguette and not my purse. I might just be like, what? Like, right. what the fuck? What the hell? Also, like, Wrath looks like he would probably uh, punch a lady on the street. So Yeah, I'd be like, yeah. oh, that guy? Yeah, he can keep my bread. Yeah. Also, Lon- Lonnie's coat here is fire. For lack of a better term. Her purple And it's like something that like coat. for most of when I was a teenager, I wouldn't be caught dead in. But it's like now back in style. I, I had a, definitely had a furry coat. It was not purple. It was leopard print. Wow. But I Ooh, definitely had a very furry coat at, at that age. Their little sewer apartment, I was like, oh, they're the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like. Their crib. They didn't have a cool rat to teach them karate, so they right. just ended up being terrible people who disgustingly make out in front of their house guests by the end of yeah. the scene. Yes. That yeah. it was just it was like that was intensely making <laughs> so out. Much, so also, much. I, yeah. I think it's cute that um that he's playing with like a hockey stick. Mm-hmm. And not like, you know, basketball or whatever, like American kids, you know. And like, you know, obviously hockey's popular here too, but I felt like it was like a sweet little homage to, you know, uh, to Brendan's yeah. home country. To his Canadian roots. Yes. Yeah. 
Uh, well, where they are not is Mayberry, as Lonnie says, because of course, <laughs> Lonnie watches the Andy Griffith show, as all yeah. cool teens raised in sewers do. Absolutely. Yes. Also, um, the music when they walk in, mm. it sounds kind of like an Eminem beat, but then it's not Eminem. I was wondering, is that the original music from this scene? Do you know what the original music is? So there's two different places that I look for for music information, and both of them were like, unknown song, hip hop. Mm. Like, oh, yeah. Yep. That's what that is. All right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, also, Wrath here says that living in a sewer beats living in Brooklyn. Ooh. I know. Rude. Burn. I mean, I don't love Brooklyn. I'm a Queens girl. I'm like, give me Queens or give me Manhattan or give me death. Like, I don't see myself <laughs> moving to Brooklyn. I love Brooklyn. But uh, but Brooklyn's pretty cool. But was it cool in 2000? Like, I feel like Williamsburg yeah, and the cool stuff not. wasn't there yet. What wasn't what it is yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. Also, um, so I was grossed out, not just by the making out, but... A moment before that, when <laughs> Lonnie asks if they had made the beast with two backs yet. Which, like, I, what the fuck? Gross. I don't. I don't oh, like. It's horrible. And then there's Wrath talking about uh, alien sex. How it's alien sex is so great. And he, ooze and then does this gross thing with his tongue. Yes. In the next shot... Lonnie's talking, and you see Wrath kind of like smiling, and I swear that's Brendan smiling. Oh, absolutely! Like, I was go gonna say to the it, same it's like, thing. He didn't, he didn't fully break character, but like it's totally Brendan laughing. Oh yeah, I have the same note that like that and, is yeah. literally like him trying to keep a straight face about right, the after... ridiculous thing that he just did. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm glad you noticed that too. Yes, I really want to know. So, like, I think the clear implication is that Wrath and Lonnie have been having sex. But did he also have sex with a human just for comparison's sake? So he Probably, knows that alien right? sex is preferable. Do you think Lonnie and he just have like a lot of group sex with whoever they find on the street? Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't probably. be surprised. They probably have had sex with other people than just each other. Mm-hmm. I also feel like in this scene, too, it has already very quickly become apparent that Lonnie is in charge. Oh, yeah. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. yes. Lonnie has everybody else under her thumb yes well in this case just wrath because they left ava behind but and murdered zan yeah no wonder ava wanted to stay behind yeah really yeah. um but we also other than the nasty stuff here max wants to know about the summit and they tell him that he has to pass a test first so we set that Ooh. up which is like the, the only process. question they answered really like yeah. he had a lot of questions and they were just kind of like no, don't worry about that. Uh, yeah, no, we'll, we'll we'll worry about that later. They kind of were avoiding answering most of his questions. Because they have no answers. Yeah. And when we head back to the crash down, uh, we do get a little bit of backstory with the parents. Like, I feel like this is something we've talked about before. We're like, how do they just, like, leave town and their parents right. don't say anything? Their parents don't know, care. Like, where are the parents? And Izzy does say that she told her parents that Max went camping. So she has provided a cover story for him, mm-hmm. even if it's a little weak. It's they terrible. must think he's turning into a real tree hugger and that he hates his family and doesn't want to be home for Thanksgiving, but would rather hug some trees. <laughs> yeah, I don't buy the Evanses believing this story for a second. Also, no. the kid who actually goes away doesn't talk to them about it. It's like just his sister when he is already gone is like, oh, yeah, he told me to tell you he went camping. Right. Yeah. 
I'm sorry. I would, if as a parent, I would not accept that. No. <laughs> like, I need to talk to Max himself. Yeah, no, I we're putting out an Amber Alert unless Max calls me in the next yes. two hours. That's it. Absolutely. Also, we know that Izzy has a cell phone. Does Max, I mean, Max obviously doesn't have a cell phone. Oh, so I was thinking uh, the same thing. It's like, wait, he doesn't have a cell phone like Maria does. What? And then I thought roaming. He didn't want the roaming charges. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Or he, like, forgot to bring a charger with him, and they're, like, staying in a sewer where perhaps (laughs) they don't have power outlets. So his phone could have died by now. They do seem to have running water because there was a sink. Oh, yeah. Because that was my first question. It's like, Mm. you got to have running water. Where are you going to, you know, do your business? Yeah. And it's like, they're not even really, this side note, they're not really, like, in a sewer. They keep calling it a sewer, but it's, like, an abandoned part of a subway right. is what it seems like right so uh in the crash down isabel and michael you know are worried about about where max is and what's going on with max but then also maria and liz talk and maria mm-hmm. is like nervous about telling her this rumor but obviously we know that liz already knows this rumor yeah. that she and kyle slept together and maria is rightfully pissed off that yeah, her own best thing. friend did not tell her that she lost her virginity to her ex-boyfriend. But yeah. everyone is ridiculous in being like, oh my god, everyone thinks that you had sex with a handsome football player. Ha ha, everyone at school is going to laugh at you. Ha ha. Yeah. Like, I wasn't yeah. seeing it as like that they were saying it's embarrassing or that she'll get made fun of, but it's like... You know, she'll, like, get a reputation as, like, yeah. oh, they, they had sex. Like, people talking about them. Oh, you know, right. not, not necessarily like, making fun of them, but, you know, that people yeah. will see her as, like, a slut or whatever. Yeah, right. exactly. Like, a girl has sex and she's a slut and a boy has sex. And oh, yeah, like, they wouldn't call him a slut. Good on you, bro. Like, yeah. yeah. No, he wouldn't have any issues. It would be her. Yeah, we do. We will see later in the scene between Liz and Maria that they have some um, views about virginity. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Trust yeah. me, I wrote some notes about that. Great. Yeah, same. But also, yeah, Maria is right that, like, as two teenage girls, you would tell your best friend unless it was something traumatic, you know, yeah. which, you know, in a sense, this was. Yeah. Um, but also, and Maria does bring up, she's like, it wasn't a date rape or anything, was it? Like, she's pissed off, but she's also concerned. Like, why wouldn't you have told me? Was it right. because you didn't want this and you're hiding but, like, it? like, Kyle, Kyle would never... I know, little Buddhist Kyle. I love Kyle. So we also discover now that Ava is sleeping outside by the dumpsters because Mm -hmm. she got left behind by her New York crew and she has nowhere else to go and she has no friends here. And like, she's used to basically being homeless. Like their, I mean, their sewer crib, quote unquote crib is like not really a home. So she like doesn't know where to go or what to do with herself. And she's just like, sleeping outside of the crash down in the alley yeah in the alley i mean my question is like how did she get there like you know they were all at the cars being like bye she's like i'm staying here okay bye and then what they're like okay we're gonna go home see ya like where yeah, did they, they just think let she her was go going yeah. you know like they know she doesn't have a home there where did they think she was going somebody should have been like do you have somewhere to stay yeah but i i do i think it makes sense that she would go to the place where she knew that there were people there who like mm-hmm. she could trust even if she yeah. didn't feel comfortable asking for a place to stay that she was like well i'll hang out around here because it's yeah. maybe safer than just like roaming the streets or sorry the one street of roswell yeah <laughs> that never has any people on it so she doesn't have to worry about getting attacked 
Yeah. Um, this next scene is one of my favorites. I'm not even sure why I like it so much, but I like it. The scene, it's the warehouse when Max passes the test. I like the music that's playing, even though it's not like probably the original music. I did not check, but the I like music. The f- I can tell you what it is. Mm, I don't know if it? it's the original music, but I also like that music. I just, it just felt like powerful for that scene. I yeah. really liked it. It's called, it's- um, did you disappoint your God by Neva Denova? Ooh, interesting. And I wrote also, it feels right. Yeah. The original song here was Radiohead, How to Disappear Completely. Ooh, oh, also okay. interesting. This did have like the same vibe. I do mm. I do think that this, um, you know, they go to, did a good job replacing it. So when the scene first started, before we heard the lyrics to the song, I was like, are they going to kiss? Is that what the song <laughs> is telling me? Kiss, 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 <laughs> kiss, kiss. It's like very soft and moody. Yeah. And Jason Bear is doing some great face acting in this scene. He has just these very like concerned and like worried and scared eyes through all of this as he's Mm -hmm. like seeing this like projection from his mind and I just like the sort of it's like a little creepy the guy like doesn't say anything he just is like very formal until after when he just like has him sign and then like the juxtaposition with it's like he had me sign a time card he works at a temp agency, like after this very like ethereal and like worrisome, like thoughtful scene. And then just the like the flip over of like, he works for a temp agency. Yeah. The guy's (laughs) like, oh, you got to sign this, your highness. And then just like gives him a carbon copy of it. I was like, what is he signing? Why? What is the purpose of this? (laughs) A time card. But what? Like, what? They're going to pay him for his time at the summit? Yeah. Who knows? I think, but... Because, but then we learn that the emissary is just possessing a human body. So right. it's just the emissary is just using what that human body has on hand, which happens he, to be. What's the purpose of the signature? I don't know. I think just certifying I, that he is the real king and that they did do this, this ritual to confirm that he is the real king. Okay. I don't so know. So we go from like, I'm going to peer inside of your brain because that's the level of technology or magic or whatever. But, like, we're, we're going to use carbon paper to make sure that everyone gets their copy. We're going to have to yeah, use you a need, triplicate. You need multiple copies, so obviously yeah. you're going to use carbon paper. Uh-huh. Obviously, yeah. Lisa. Uh-huh. Um, I, I, is, I am a little worried that, like, if more people start calling him your highness, Max's already inflated ego oh, yeah. is going to go through the roof. Yeah. So this is true. Let's watch that. <laughs> yeah. Wrath? Ends the scene saying that he's going to buy Max a slice of the best pizza in New York. And I was like, oh, you're going to steal it, baby. Yeah, you're, you're not going to buy you're it. You're going to steal Come it. Come on. You don't buy anything. I, I was really curious. Like, I know they wouldn't show us. Like, where would Raph think the best slice of pizza in New York is? Right. Is this a Michael Scott situation where he's like, the Svaros in Times Square? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Liz decides 3 a.m. is the correct time to call Maria and tell her the truth. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's obviously been weighing on her that she... Yeah, she can't I didn't tell my it. best friend. Why didn't I tell my best friend? Like, why did I feel like I couldn't tell my best friend? I guess I was kind of a dick. 
I can't sleep. I'm going to tell my best friend. <laughs> right. Because at this point, she's not just keeping it from her. She like actively lied to her because yeah. Maria mm-hmm. asked her about it. I'm sure that's not sitting well with her. Yeah. So Liz is like, let me recap the episode end of the world for you so that you're yeah. all caught up to where the viewers are. And then Maria ends up apologizing because she should have known it was aliens. I was like, no. No, Maria, you do not have anything to apologize for here. Yeah, exa- I have the same thing. I yeah. was like, Maria had every right to be angry. She does not need to apologize. Yeah, and like, did they ever actually talk about that whole Liz kissing someone or being kissed by someone she thought was Michael and not saying anything about it scenario? Because that seemed like I don't something think they needed so. to process. Right. Liz just <sighs> needs to like be more upfront and honest about things. Yeah. Agreed. Aliza, I'm curious if your notes here have anything to do with uh, Liz and Maria high-fiving while excitedly going, Virgin! Of yeah! course. Because wow. Yeah, that's a... That's a thing that happens in this episode. Oh, yeah. I said, yay, virgins. I'm sorry. It's like, you should be proud if you are a virgin. You should be proud if you're not a virgin. Virginity is a completely made up construct. It's not a thing. There's no like morality tied to it. And yeah, she's like, oh, you're still a virgin? Yes. Yeah. And Maria asks her in a way that's like, are you still a virgin? Like, you better right. be. And also, what, is, right. what does that even mean to them? Like, virginity means different things to different people. Mm-hmm. It means different things depending on the genders of the people involved, depending on yep. the kinds of things that you're into. So, like, yep. it actually doesn't mean anything. And ugh, really I know doesn't. this was just, like, teen show in the early 2000s, but just... yeah. This thing of like, don't smoke, don't have sex. Right. Yeah. You're a good girl. Of course you're a virgin. Because you can't be a good girl and, and have be had sex. sexually active. Yeah. Um, I do love Maria's beret, though. It's real cute. Maria is just so cute. Yeah. For 3 a.m., like being pulled out of bed to go have this conversation, yeah. they all got real dull up. Yeah, yeah. They like look very put together sitting on that fountain with nobody else to even see what they look like. Well, it's that place that they went that one time with that person. I yeah. know. Oh, yeah, that too. It's like it's best friend language. And I loved it so much. Yeah. She's like, got it. I'll see you there. Why? Why do they have to be so secretive about it? It's 3 a.m. Nobody else is going to be there no matter where they go. They could have just sat downstairs at the crash down. That's true. Liz also could have just said, meet me at the fountain, because how many of them could there possibly be? Yeah. Meet me at the fountain in such and such park. Right. I feel like this was just the show's way of being like, we know we haven't actually demonstrated that these two are really close friends because they keep a lot of secrets from each other. But like, let's try to show it in this one really short exchange. Mm -hmm. Did we do it? Is that that's the same, right? Worked for me. I was like, oh, wow. Yep. Best friend language. They are truly best friends. Mm hmm. Maria continues looking cute in the next scene when she goes to take Brody his dinner or whatever it is, that sandwich she likes. I like her little braid that goes across her head. Yeah. Like that picture of like the little, you know, lady carrying some milk pails or something. It's like very Mm -hmm. Northern European. (laughs) And she's a little flirty when she's calling out to Brody who's not there. Does she have a crush on this adult man who shouldn't be flirting with a high school girl now? I Part of me feels like like, it's been made clear that he has a crush on her, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I feel Absolutely. like she knows that he has a crush on her. And, like, it's nice to get that attention. And I could see her, like, liking that attention and, like, 
you know, contemplating, like, do do I like him because I like that attention? Maybe she yeah. was also like, uh, I regret turning down that $100 tip. Perhaps he'll give me another one. Yes. <laughs> yep. The mind of a businesswoman. <laughs> yeah, but Brody is not there because he is busy exiting a cab right in front of a cop who I think is harassing what, what is supposed to be a sex worker based on the person's oh. outfit. Did not catch that. Real confused. I'll save this for unanswered questions, but just so confused about why Brody would be involved in this at all. Yeah. What a weird choice for a vessel. I mean, they make weird weird choices, you know? Yeah. I wonder if, like, maybe certain certain people's bodies or brains, for that matter, are more susceptible to the to this like possess this yeah. alien possession that happens so they will probably tend to use the same bodies over and over because for whatever reason those brains are more compatible but yeah. new york has how many millions of people and then you have like the whole eastern seaboard but they fly this guy in from new mexico and no he i think it's very possible that he lived in new york before yeah and when he I think was he like did. abducted before because because okay. he's new He's new in Roswell. Well, yeah. No, he said last yeah. time he was abducted, he was driving on the Mass Pike. Okay. So I mean, so he definitely lived in on the East Coast yeah. then before coming to Roswell. Yeah, that's not too far from New York. Assuming that they can't teleport his body there, wouldn't he have paid for an airline ticket and then wouldn't he see that on his credit card bill and be like, huh, that's interesting. Yeah. I'm just assuming that like the same aliens always take possession of the same human bodies Mm -hmm. like this is my human body that i managed to make contact with it also helps for the summits because then people know who's who Mm -hmm. well that one lady wears a name tag so that's helpful yeah it's not her alien name i mean she probably just came from work from when she was yeah no alien possessed actual person yeah and then we see that our dupes are a little more open with information now that max has passed this test Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rath is using his baguette that he stole as a pointer. <laughs> it's so floppy. Yeah, it is very floppy. Do you, do you think that's a metaphor for something? <laughs> I absolutely do. I certainly do. Rath is so mean to Tess. Tess is like, so like the aliens are coming here, right? And Rath is like, you see, little girl, space is what we call very, very big. Yeah, I'm like, shut cool. up, Rath. Shut up. And then he tells her people don't just zip around the galaxy like on Star Trek. Rath does not watch Star Trek. Wrath makes fun of people who watch Star Trek because yeah. Wrath is a bully. He's just heard of it. Ugh. And, you know, Max is concerned. If they say they're talking about going home and Max is like, but what about Michael and Isabel and Ava? Yeah. And, yeah. So- and Lonnie is like, they want the royal four. Not the royal seven. Yo. <laughs> she says yo a lot. She does. Yo MTV raps. Lonnie also says that their protector told them the granolith is like the holy grail. It's this object of worship on their planet. I feel like that's a lie. I feel like that's just some story she's throwing out there to to brush it off as like not being something really important or not being what it is. Yeah. You know, I feel like that's her just trying to like, oh, it's just this dumb thing that like they want back, but like we can't find it. Like, yeah. I wonder what they actually use it for like is it a weapon is it a time travel tool as we have seen it used here before that they could use to just go back and prevent this whole uprising in the first place right because future max told liz you know who told whoever max (laughs) yeah max told liz who told max 
that <laughs> it can be very dangerous in the wrong hands. Right. So that sounds like maybe more than just the time travel that we saw it do. Mm-hmm. She is a much better liar than Max is because Max is like, what? No, I have never heard of this thing. Oh, Gran a lit, you say? Terrible. So bad. Yeah. God, such bad lying on this show sometimes. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> yeah. So Ava is having night terrors, which yes. is terrible. I'm glad Fair that enough. Liz brought her in from outside and gave her a place to sleep. Yeah. And like some pajamas. Yes. Mm-hmm. She didn't take her wig off of her, though, which is no. fine. Well, it's not great for the wig to sleep in it, but the, I mean, it's her wig, so. But Moira Rose would be appalled. Oh, yes. Oh, livid. She would. Yeah. Um, I do think Emily DeRaven's acting in this scene is particularly on point. Yeah. Her, I think she, she plays the terror and the pain that she's feeling very well. And the guilt. She blames herself yeah. for not mm-hmm. stopping yeah. the quote unquote accident that she can't talk about. The directing in this episode. So we had that like global thing at the beginning, that like earth shot. And then we had a bunch of New York shots. And now we just have like, here are some cactuses. We're going to the front room. Look at these cactuses. The sun is rising. Now we're in a different spot. I was like, what are you? Okay. All right, Patrick <laughs> Norris. Cool. So they're talking over some coffee. Like mm-hmm. in the diner part of the crash down. And um Liz tells Liz tells Ava the story of, you know, I was dying and he brought me back. And she says she was right there and tells the whole story. I'm sorry, Liz, did you say you were dying? Uh-huh. Dying? <laughs> so you admit it. You admit it, you were not dead. I wrote the exact same thing, Elisa. Not dead, exclamation point. She was not dead. Yes. Ava also opens up to her and says that she really, truly loves Zan, but he never really loved her back. It always seemed like he was waiting for someone else to walk into his life. And Ava, this is where we get the first little hint, like Ava realizes that Max having brought her back means something more than Liz has Mm -hmm. realized at this point, or that Max Mm -hmm. has realized that any of them have realized. Yeah. She got alien blood in her now. She's part alien. Wait, is that what it is? I don't know. I'm just, (laughs) I mean, she's been like, he, I mean, he manipulated her molecules. Something's different about her now. Can Kyle project himself into Max's brain? And does he do a little dance when he does it? (laughs) Oh, I bet he does. Yeah, it is. And so Max calls Isabel because, I mean, obviously he has to talk with her about this. They're talking about going home. Like, he has to talk to Isabel. Mm-hmm. And they argue, and he calls her Valandra, which is Ugh. like stabbing her in the heart and turning it a little bit, twisting yeah. it. Yeah, right after she's like, yeah, you missed Thanksgiving. Our mother cried the entire time. So did I. And he's just like, you are mean to me. Yeah. And she's very confused because she still doesn't know that Lonnie impersonated her. And But she figures it out really quickly, which I'm... Right, because he said, you should, she says sorry, and he says, you should have said that the first time I confronted you. And she's like, what? Yeah. Yeah, so she figures it out, and then they're questioning Ava, and Michael is like, I'm going to show you I mean business by destroying my friend's belongings at the restaurant that her family owns. Yeah. Take that, Ava. Where he works. Right. right? That's like. Yeah, it's coming out of his paycheck. Just like. And Liz is like, instead, why don't we just like 
talk to her. And Ava's like, yes, this is better. Thank you. I will tell you some things now. Yes, let's have an adult conversation. You don't need to break things and yeah. use scare Liz tactics is, with me. Liz is being protective of Ava. Mm-hmm. You know, she she's related to Ava in a way from the conversations they've had. Yeah, and it's a lot easier to relate to Ava loving this different version of Max than to relate to Tess, who loves or is enamored by or obsessed with the same version the of Max. same Max. Yeah. yeah. So they have this connection without that jealousy that exists there Mm -hmm. and so this is where ava is like oh yeah i i didn't tell you before but max is is almost certainly gonna get murdered yeah cool cool yeah they murdered xan and they will totes do the same thing to max if they don't get their way and i get her being scared of lani and wrath and not saying anything while they were there but i feel like with the guilt that she felt and everything it would have made sense for her to as soon as they left be like you guys need to know this. Like, someone needs to warn Max. And Tess, the other version of me. Someone yeah. should warn that girl before they kill her. I yeah. feel like, though, like, she doesn't have a lot of trust in anybody. She doesn't have trust in the people that she lived with, and she doesn't know these new people. That's fair. Right. So it's not until she has a little bit of a bond with Liz that she feels comfortable, like, talking to them about this. Like, she's not used to having anybody to trust. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she was just going to sleep out in the alleyway because she didn't think anyone was there for her. I think it was a combination of Liz, like, opening her home to her and Mm -hmm. the fact that, you know, Liz caught her in the middle of a nightmare that she, you know, felt Mm -hmm. ready to open up. Yeah. But yeah, and like, they have the same exact experience of loving the same exact person, just, you know, slightly different. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. So yeah, I mean they are clones of each other, so they're basically right. It's kind of the the same same exact person. Yeah. Ugh. And then God, do we have to talk about the word that Wrath calls Tess in the next scene? Yeah, we have to talk about it. I'm gonna say the word out loud because I think we have to talk about it. Um, He calls her a retard, which is not an okay word. Um, The Mm -hmm. you know the term used to actually be mentally retarded, and you know it's still on a lot of forms and stuff that I've done uh, at working in the mental health field, it'll say MR. Um, that term is not used anymore. Mm-hmm. It's not part of the DSM-5. It's not used anymore because it, the you know, it has been turned into something nasty. It's been turned into a slur. It's been turned into a slur. And, you know, it's a slur used to describe disabled people and used as an insult to people who aren't mm-hmm. disabled to say, oh, you are, you know, so bad like a disabled person. You know, like it's it's insulting uh, people with cognitive disabilities um, more than the person that it's actually directed at. Right. Yeah. I like that Max stands up for Tess here, even though he does, he does. not address this word. Um, mm-hmm. But he is like, you don't get to talk to her that way. Finally. Finally, Max is like, this isn't cool. But he does it sort of more as an assertion of his own power and control, which is Mm -hmm. not ideal. And then Lonnie is laying it on thick here. Oh, so thick. And he's like, he's like eating it up on a piece of toast. Oh, yeah. She's like, you're everything I loved about Zan and more. You're the brother I never knew. I'm so proud of you. And then she Mm -hmm. hugs him and her eyes are just like cold and dead. You're like, oh, gosh. Yeah. Great work, Catherine Heisel. Yep. Yeah. 
And Max is just like, num, 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 num. Thank you for all the compliments. Thank yeah. you. And then Max sees Brody and is like, Brody? And then is just not surprised by it anymore after that initial, yeah. like, oh, Brody told me he got abducted. I guess this is what's happening. Cool. That's fun. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on. And, like, Nicholas shows up and Max is like, huh, Nicholas. Okay, well, I thought he was dead, but whatever, I guess not. Are all the skins not dead? Who knows? I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> um, I was also confused by this, but I do also love there's like a moment of like banter between Nicholas and Tess. Yeah. He's like, oh, your genocidal girlfriend, blah, blah, blah. He's like, killed anyone today? And what does she say? She's like, day's not over yet. Yeah, so cute. <laughs> I like, love well, it. Yeah, Tess. Love it. for yourself. This like timid girl. It's like, oh, hell yeah. Yeah, I feel like Tess... When Max is, like, in his power, Tess is super turned on, and she's just, like, here for it. Mm-hmm. And as a result, she also has more confidence, like, yeah. at his side when he is being his his king self. Yeah, because she defines herself solely in relation to this man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that is the whole way she was raised, yeah. was that... She is this man's wife, and she is his queen, and that is her life. That's her her one destiny. Right, but it's like, Nisado raised her and was very clearly domineering, and so, like, he ran her whole life, and now I think she feels this vacuum where I would like to see her step up and, like, come into her own and realize she can run her own life, but it seems like the way that Nisado raised her has really stuck with her, where she feels like, okay, well, I'm like daddy's done raising me now it's time for husband to be in charge Mm -hmm. and it's uh, a real bummer because Tess could be real cool if she just like developed her own identity apart from Mm -hmm. all this drama agreed yeah totally (sighs) we get this short little scene where our uh, our Roswell team wants to warn Max they don't really know how and uh, Liz says oh hey Izzy remember that time that you dreamwalked and warned him in the white room and Isabel's like, well, this is way more complicated than that. So don't know if this is going to work out. Hmm, right, maybe like we was... need to find another solution. Yep. But let's try it. We don't have any other plans. I mean, she made it clear in the, in the white room, it's really hard for her to get through to somebody who is awake. And he was like mm-hmm. drugged. I mean, he like wasn't fully awake then. And he's like a thousand miles away now. Mm-hmm. So in the summit room, we have a more diverse group of people than we usually see on this show. There is Mm -hmm. a black man, and there is a woman who is not a straight size. Whoa! I'm wondering, like, what do you think was the reason for that? Like, why why did they make this group diverse? Were they trying to show that it was just, like, very random people whose bodies were picked, you know, to be hosts for these emissaries? Or that they're representing these different nations. So they have to be, like, different from each other? Yeah. It's, It's just interesting. It's like the only place where we see, you know, different people. Maybe they were like, New York is so diverse, so we have to show, although not everyone came from New York, because Brody came from New Mexico, where the show thinks that only white people live. Right, it's like so diverse, not like Roswell, which only has white people. But we find out that Kavar has a solution to this 50 years of war that's been happening, Mm -hmm. and this summit is to try and finally make peace and come up with a solution but Kavar wants Max to come back but only in name basically right like Kavar would still be in charge Max would just be his puppet Mm -hmm. 
And Max ain't down with that. Well, and so there's three conditions. That's the first one. The second one is that Max directs all of his followers to support Gavar. And then the third one is the most important, which is Mm -hmm. that Max return the granolith to them. And they know that Max knows where it is. Yeah. Well, because he says, yeah, I do have it. (laughs) Like, Yeah. Great work, Max. Um, But you only get 20 minutes to think about it. I understand this is a hard decision, but you get 20 minutes. Which I feel like he does kind of explain why 20 minutes, because, like, it sounds like there is a toll that this takes on the bodies. Mm-hmm. So there's that. But also, um, I feel like we learn more about this war than ever mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. And this is what we learn. I think it's, uh, I missed her name, but she says, we're here to end 50 years of misery and suffering amongst amongst our worlds. Katheda attacks Kavar. Kavar attacks Saro. Saro attacks me. That's it. That's all we got. Yeah. Just a st- string of attacking. Uh, the guy who plays Saro, David Reavers, was in an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, did he, he look familiar, familiar to you? Who is he? He's in The Replacement, and he mm. plays the foreman. Okay. So he's, like, not in it much, but he's, like, yeah, Xander's work boss i guess yeah he's the one like kind of offering him a promotion as he's like flashing that shiny thing and yeah oh yeah yeah and xander thinks it's a thing so max is thinking about it and he's actually consulting with tess which is Mm -hmm. good he's not just brooding by himself max is like i don't know i don't really trust them so liz told me this thing is dangerous i don't know and tess is like whatever you do it'll be the right choice i'm sure of it and she is just like you were such a great king in another life you were so good anything you want i just will be there for you and max finally is like wow i don't deserve any of this finally (laughs) and i'm like no baby you sure don't finally acknowledges and appreciates her yeah and the I uh, really wanted Tess to be like, well, now it's time for you to try to live up to this trust that I have in you. And instead, she's like, you must have been a great husband in our other life. What? What? What does that even mean? Ugh. Yucky. Yeah. Yuck. No, Tess, he doesn't deserve you. And then we get more yuck because we have to watch Nicholas and Lonnie flirt with each other. It's like flirting in a threatening way. Yeah. Which is, like, maybe kind of hot. I don't know. But not if one of you is 14 and the other one is, like, 20. But he's not really 14. It just looks weird because she towers over him. Well, right. And also, like, these actors, I think he was, like, 16 or something. And she's, like, what, 22? Something like that. Like, it's it's weird. It's definitely weird. Yeah. Um, And she says, and I don't know if we fully knew this before, that she remembers what it's like to be Velandra. Mm-hmm. If yeah. that's true. What the heck? Yeah, I don't I don't know if that's true, but it seems weird that she would be the only one. It sounds true. Like it's cuz she seems very determined to get home. She mm-hmm. definitely remembers. She's like, "I know I had sex with you. I know I had sex with the Michael guy and I know I had sex with Kavar. I was getting it. I want to go back there." Fuck yeah. yeah. Um she also calls Max a cornball which i just think is i feel like ava says cornball at some point too she calls liz a cornball and i'm like is this is this actually a term that like like they said it in meet the dupes too when they like when Lonnie and rath broke into max's room yeah. they were like total cornball yeah it's just so like is that the is that the insult 
Is that the insult that, like, Corn New York ball. street kids use? <laughs> yeah, when you're sitting around watching the Andy Griffith show, you know? They're just, yeah. like, some wholesome Also, when you're kids. on the WB and you're not allowed to swear. Yeah. yeah. He's a cornball who go for the deal. So, importantly here, Nicholas is like, yeah, so we're obviously going to kill Max. And Lonnie's like, cool, cool, cool. Totally on board. That's great. Yep. Uh, but if he doesn't take the deal, then Nicholas says, well, look, if Kavar can't kill him when he goes home, then someone's going to need to kill him here. And Lonnie's like, oh, me, 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 me. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. That can be arranged. Yeah. And Nicholas is like, yeah, so your your boyfriend can't come. And Lonnie's like, well, I have so many boyfriends back on my home planet. Yeah, she doesn't really care. Whatevs. Do I get to go home? Great. More murder. Have Let's do it. Fun. Uh, and then at the end of this conversation, she walks away and he goes, what a woman. <laughs> Which like, bleh. and like, yeah, what a woman. She is quite the woman. But like, yeah. I just really don't want to hear it come out of that child's mouth. Right, yeah. exactly. She is quite a woman and you are quite a young boy. So lots of revelations at the crashdown mm-hmm. where Isabel can't reach Max. Liz is like, we mm-hmm. need another plan. And Ava is like, funny story. Uh your molecular texture has been completely changed, so now you have magic alien powers. Like, you can telepathically reach him. You can do it. I believe in you. Let's do it. Yeah. And then we jump back to New York, where Lonnie is being, you know, super manipulative, telling mm-hmm. Max this is about the greater good. You know, it's not even about us getting to home. You know, the millions of lives hanging in the balance just because, you know, she knows this is a good tactic to try to get him to say yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she's like, after you, your highness. Gassing him up. So back at the crashdown, Liz is scared, which I get. She's like telling everybody else, she's like, Isabel, you have to do this. You have to, you don't want, you don't think you can do it? You have to, it's Max. And then when it's her turn, she's like, Wah. oh, I don't know. <laughs> As we recall, Liz is also the one who couldn't be bothered to help save Michael in the episode when they're all in the cave with River Dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I like understand her being scared because she's discovering this new power in herself. Yeah. But, but she expects other people to do scary things. Right. Like, step up. It's fine. You're a big yeah. girl. Like, yeah, okay, be scared. But like, you also like confess to Ava that you still love Max. Like, obviously you would do anything for him. So get your shit together. And then Max says he won't take the deal. He won't give the granolith to anyone. And a big part of that is, uh, you know, being influenced by what Liz told him about it being d- very dangerous in the wrong hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and one of the people says, you made a lot of enemies here today. Yes, that's hello, my name is Judy. <laughs> it's not what they wanted to hear, but no, it's up and to him. Nicholas says, you know, like, basically, this is why the alien version of you got killed. And then Brody is like, yo, we were friends, and I had to watch you die once before, and now you're making all the same mistakes. What a shame it is to see history repeat itself. And Max is like, this is a total normal, totally normal conversation that I'm having with an alien inhabiting the body of my boss. Yeah. This is fine. Also, yeah. I find it interesting that, like, the alien has Brody's accent. I just kind of think, like, yep. like how much of the emissary is in there versus, like, how much is left over of, like, who that person is. The person whose body they took mm-hmm. over. Because, um, like, yeah, I noticed that. Brody kept his accent, which is just probably better because the actor, you know, probably, I'm sure, right. sounds more natural in his own accent. Yeah, we don't have another Emily de Robin situation. No, we don't want that. We certainly <laughs> yeah. don't. But also, um, Brody later says that he doesn't think that they fed him when he was abducted. So, like, 
how many days was this? Traveling so many to days. New York, yeah. doing the summit, traveling back. Like, did they let him go to the bathroom? What? How are his needs being met? Oh, poor Brody. <laughs> oh man, poor guy. I hope they at least for like all of them. Let him have some uh, peanuts and and soda on the plane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we go out to the streets um, with what I think is not the best acting, yeah. where Wrath is like yelling at Wrath is Max. fuming. Yeah. He's so angry, and it's a repeat. It's like a mirror of that whole "you think you're the man" situation. Yeah, that they had before mm-hmm. uh, Lonnie and Rath killed Zan. And Max, yeah. of course, because he and Zan are the same, is like, I am the man. I'm such a man. Look at me being so manly. Man, man, man. Yeah, that's a good um, <laughs> representation of what he said and was. <laughs> yeah, Max is just like, toxic masculinity for one. Yes, great. <laughs> I'll take it. And then Liz finally gets through. Mm-hmm. And it's right as, oh, well, they're like, should we go for pizza? And then uh, Lonnie says, how about Chinatown? And it seems like that was some kind of code. Because she's like, Chinatown is like looking with these evil eyes at Wrath. And Wrath is like, got it. Yeah, like, I'm down. She looks everywhere with evil eyes. It's true. No, that is that <laughs> is true. She always looks evil. I felt like there was some, you know, between the lines communication there. Mm-hmm. Or not even between the lines, just unspoken. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Lonnie is going to use her powers to bring this, uh, it's like a window washing rig yeah. down mm-hmm. on Max's head, but Liz is there just like beckoning him towards her. Apparition yeah. Yeah, Liz. Like, Get out of the way! Get out of the way! Yeah. So just the few steps, just the few steps he took toward her was enough to get out was of the enough. way. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm really confused about the timeline here because Tess was just with him. He looks back and she's gone. And then by the time he finds her, they've, like, tortured her and disappeared? I mean, yeah. I think it's possible that Max was running looking for her for longer than, than we saw. Mm-hmm. And, the, and he doesn't really even know where to look. He's just going back to all the places he's been. He also, the second he realizes that she's gone, he starts, he immediately starts running as fast as he can in, like, a certain <laughs> direction. But, like, that's not even the direction that they were, like... why that direction max i don't understand like how do you know to go super fast over there he runs towards where the apparition of liz was instead of running back Mm. towards where he last saw tess which is stupid liz tess and then he realized tess is gone he says tess and then goes and starts running so at least he understands that like tess is the one who needs him in this moment because liz yeah, isn't right. actually there. Yeah, he also processes that really quickly. Like, I just saw an apparition of my girlfriend who I don't think is actually here. Meh. Think about it later. Also, my other question is, so we know that with our aliens, the one who has the, like, psychic powers to get into people's heads is Tess. They Like, they don't have their, they don't have Ava there. Like, do they have those powers? Because how would they get into her head? Maybe Lonnie's, like, the dreamwalking powers or i mean yeah maybe they have different powers than yeah they could have, have more maybe like we know tess's powers are more developed because she's learned how to use right. them so maybe this mysterious protector that we never really hear about taught them all how to tap into different aspects of their power more of their eight thousand percent of their brain capacity yeah. or whatever right yeah their advanced human abilities Ugh, i know i hate that stuff <laughs> but i also love it <laughs> it's like it's so stupid but there's a show about it yes i'll watch that tess seems to be pretty traumatized here but it also Mm -hmm. seems like 
maybe some of her short-term memory has been wiped because yeah. she's just like, I don't know. I don't know. know. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. And then she's just ready to go home to Roswell. Home to Roswell. Not to you know, their home planet. Aww. Yeah, and it's, it's like clear that, yeah, that she considers Roswell home and like, you know, finally feels somewhat part of the group. I mean, the Valentis have definitely like welcomed her in, which yeah. this is another episode with no Kyle and no Alex. Fuck that. And no Jim. And no Jim. Of course, Lisa's the one who noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're all in the opening credits, for gosh sakes. Yep. Where are they? They're all busy fishing together, is what I've yep. decided. They're going on a <laughs> on a little fishing expedition. It's a Got Thanksgiving it. fishing trip. That's of course. Fun. So yeah. Max and Isabel finally have a, a talk face-to-face. After we get another dramatic transition oh, uh, clouds clouds shot dramatic transition <laughs> clouds shot that's this director is like super into these weird yeah. little interstitial shots so cloud. how dare i have missed that <laughs> so then <laughs> don't ruin this director's i know vision, i'm really Aliza. sorry so max and isabel finally kind of talk and work through it work through their argument mm-hmm. and um and there's a really sweet hug between the two of them you know he says he could never leave them behind And and it doesn't matter what her name is. Yeah. He could have done about 10,000% more apologizing here. Mm -hmm. But I'm glad that he finally realized that his family is important to him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm curious to see if he will actually change, though, or if this is just another thing where he has a moment of clarity and then goes right back into his crappy behavior. Yeah. He's now been called your highness by multiple people, (laughs) not sarcastically. Because I'm pretty sure, like he'd yeah. been called that before sarcastically. So his ego might be getting kind of big. Yeah. Now. So let's we gotta watch out for that. Oh, and then this sweet scene uh, of you know Liz saying goodbye to Ava, and she hugs Ava, and like you can tell mm-hmm. that Ava is not used to being hugged. Yeah. And you know she just has not had a lot of hugs in her life, and is kind of surprised by this show of affection. And then she mm-hmm. says, "So cornball." So cornball. And they both laugh, giving us our yep. one and only laugh oh. in this episode. Oh. All right. All right. One and only. And it's a cute, it's a cute laugh. It's a cute interaction between the two of them. Mm-hmm. I really like the next little scene where Brody is just like having a really hard time wanting to know why he's been abducted again. And Maria makes a little effort and is like, well, maybe you're special. Maybe you're special. It's nice. Yeah. And then she gets him the sub just like he likes it. No mayo. Wrath would be pleased. And yeah. she remembers how much she likes Pepper Jack. Oh, of course she Aww. does. Oh, stop crushing on a teenager, Brody. Come on. Yeah. Stop Come leading on. him on, Maria. But I do think she's genuinely being nice to him because she knows what he's been through. Mm-hmm. Which makes me like, did Max come back and tell them, like, OMG, Brody was there? You would never even believe it. Wow. Yeah, because it seems like she, like, knows that something happened. Yeah. Well, I mean, at the very least, like, he was gone. Like, right. He wasn't at work. He wasn't in his office. Right. Like, Yeah. And then we go, uh, Max, I guess, has climbed in the window to Liz's bedroom again because her parents don't care about her safety. Mm-hmm. And I, at least mm-hmm. I thought we got like an almost laugh here where Liz says she's looking in the mirror to see if there's some kind of change. And Max yeah. like puts his little fingers up behind her like antennae. It's cute. I had to rewind because I was like, is that a laugh? But by our definition of a laugh, which is has to be like two exhales, this was just a one exhale <laughs> chuckle. It was like... Okay, half a laugh. Yeah. (laughs) Max wants to start their friendship again. He misses it. And she says she does too, but it's very clear that she wants more. 
Yeah. And, and it, it seems like he wants more, too. Yeah. Well, I don't know if he does after he asks her if she yeah. really slept with Kyle. And she doesn't totally answer. Like, I think she gives, she gives a, a little bit of a nod. nod. But mm-hmm. it's, and then he's just like, oh, well, you ha- you're defiled. I don't want you anymore. Farewell. Oof. It but. really, really doesn't sit well with me that he asked that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's none of his business. None of your they fucking business. Together. Yeah. Yeah. Is he also interested in this, like, purity test of whether she's still a virgin? It Blech, seems. No. It seems. Get out of here. You know, and, like, he, I do think he has a right to be upset or, like, have emotions about it. He has no right to ask her about it or, like, yeah. have opinions about what it means about her. Right. Mm-hmm. He has a right to be privately upset, but he does not have a right to put any of that on her. Exactly. To privately yeah. upset to yeah. his friends, to, you know, his sister. Yeah. You can have her. emotions and sadness, and but at the end of the day, it's not any of his business. Right. right. There's or, a big and, difference between I'm sad that Liz slept with someone else and how dare Liz sleep with someone else. Right. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, and I would say, like, even, yeah, he should be sad privately and talk to his friends about it and you know he and maria have gotten close i think even maria he shouldn't talk to about it because that's her best friend and yeah you know makes mm-hmm. maria feel a certain way about how she's gonna respond to liz when liz talks about that stuff yeah but he just decides to climb out the window <laughs> bringing us to the end of this episode what an episode what a well, woman yep yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no <laughs> uh. I had some unanswered questions for this one. All right, let's hear. Shoot. So we talked a little bit already about why the heck would Lonnie be the only one of the seven that we've met who remembers what their Mm -hmm. old life was like. Mm -hmm. That seems weird. Who is this protector? Are we ever going to learn more about them? What was their deal? Why aren't they around anymore? Why did they put these kids in the sewers slash subway tunnels? And then where the heck is Ava going? And why is no one like, yo, just stay here with us. You can, we can just be like, look, Tess has this identical twin sister she never mentioned. It's cool. I mean, te- she lives Tess with the came from now nowhere. Too. You know, it makes sense right. that like another yeah. one would just show up out of nowhere. Yeah. Or like, why does, does anyone even like try to find out where she's going, give her their contact info so she can stay in touch, give her a little money for bus fare, food, lodging, whatever. Like, what is her plan? She's just going to be... A homeless teen out on the streets? Right. That's not great. If only there were any responsible adults in Roswell. If only. But there, alas, there are not. The one semi-responsible adult, Valenti, has already taken in a homeless <laughs> youth in the form of Tess. Yep. And- you know what? I feel like he would be more than happy to take in he another would. one. And another. Kyle would be so confused by all of the feelings <laughs> that he would have yes. about this situation. Oh my god, yeah. But yeah, absolutely, Valenti would take in another one. He he couldn't just stand by and watch, you know, a girl not have a home. Valenti's yeah. just running an alien orphanage now. Yeah. <laughs> I want to watch that spinoff. Oh my god. Oh my god, yeah. Valenti's alien orphanage. Ah, it, would, it would have a cute name. Jim's kids. Something, yeah, something adorable. <laughs> we'll have to think on that one and create a yeah. little logo for uh, Jim's orphanage to put up on our yeah. Instagram. <laughs> Well, then, uh, are we ready for hot and saucy, my friends? Mm-hmm. Now let's see who's hot and saucy. Saucy. So I think, you know, it was kind of hard in this episode because some of that 
quote unquote hot moments the ones that were sexual were like absolutely disgusting so um (laughs) my hot and saucy moment is more of a saucy moment but also she's hot it's when lonnie says uh wrath and max are starting to like kind of fight wrath's like you flexing on me and um (laughs) which is funny enough and then lonnie says boys don't make me get off this couch and i thought that was like a perfectly saucy moment and uh you know obviously hot so that's my moment i went an unconventional route for this one and i chose someone who did not appear in the episode but was mentioned okay kyle poor sweet handsome football player kyle who understands the importance of consent i feel strongly that if kyle were apprised of this situation he would have some sort of buddhist saying ready that would underscore how he understands that virginity is just a social construct Mm -hmm. and liz should feel free to do or not do whatever she wants with her body and then i think she would uh Yeah, maybe he's also, you know, like, along with this, opening up his mind and reading some feminist texts and coming to understand that virginity is just a social construct that has historically been used to regulate the behavior of girls and women. And he would uh, then maybe, like, you know, start a chapter of Take Back the Night at Roswell High. Oh, my God. He would organize a performance of the vagina monologues. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm giving Kyle the Hot and Saucy Award for the scene that I have just created in my mind for him. Not anything that actually happens in the show, (laughs) but for my fanfic scenario. All right. I have come up with a decision for my Hot and Saucy. I am also going to go a non-traditional route, especially for me. I am going to choose Max. I don't think I have ever chosen Max before, and I don't think I ever will again, (laughs) more than likely. Um, But it's for the moment at the end when he does find Tess, and she's distressed and upset, and he, uh, you know, she just wants to go home, and he takes her home. Yeah, He takes her back to Roswell. And care, you know, again, also, this is something we're not really seeing on the screen, but I imagine him caring for her and reassuring her and delivering her safely home. Did they drive back home? Because the car that they used was stolen by Rath and Lonnie, right? <laughs> so did yeah. they... We don't know. How did they get home? Did they buy we a plane know. ticket? Did they hitchhike? Did they steal a car? Did they rent okay. a car? Another unanswered enough. question. Oh, yeah. boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so our last piece of business this week is Lisa's predictions. So Lisa, the next episode, episode 10, is called A Roswell Christmas Carol. What do you think is going to happen in this episode for our (laughs) heroes and heroines? I'm so excited for you to watch this episode. Me too. As a person who uh, exists on the internet and specifically on Roswell social media channels, I know a little bit about this episode and I am very much not looking forward to having a <laughs> lengthy conversation about uh, Isabel's nickname yeah. in this yep. episode. Yep. I was wondering if you'd seen that yet. We, yeah. We'll have a discussion so that's about it for sure. The extent of my knowledge on it. Um, Catherine Heigl has, like, real cute curly hair and a Santa hat, so but cute. a terrible, uh, terrible 
little nickname that she uses. So instead... That everyone thinks is really funny. Yeah. Instead, I choose to believe that this episode is where Ava returns and saves the day and also finds a romantic partner who appreciates and supports her. And who is Jewish and can educate everybody. (gasps) Yes. (laughs) Yep. And then Ava Ava becomes the first... uh, person from another planet to convert to Judaism. I love it. Welcome to the fold, Ava. Welcome. Love it. Thanks for joining us for this episode. We'll be back in two weeks on Tuesday, January 26th with Season 2, Episode 10, A Roswell Christmas Carol. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Roswell Hot Sauce or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Roswell Hot Sauce. As always, you can find show notes and more at roswellhotsauce.com. And if you have anything to say, I mean anything, we would love to hear it and send us an email at roswellhotsauce at gmail.com. Pass the Hot Sauce is produced and edited by Ashley Hullett. Our theme music is by David Belcourt and our logo was designed by Billy Murray. Until next time, remember. Whatever you do, it'll be the right choice. I'm sure of it.